Hello, hello everybody. I hope you're doing well today. Today is episode 7, season 1. I am your host, TJ Jacobs, and you are listening to Finding Rhythm Podcast. So we are so excited today because we are having a conversation around financial literacy and what is what it means to save money, what it means to be on top of your student loans, to be on top of your credit, so many great gems and nuggets that we have coming out for you today. We also talk about unpacking the relationship that we established with money and childhood, which for me wasn't really a conversation that we had growing up in my school system and my household too often. So I'm excited to have Gina on because Gina is a millennial money guide expert, and she's doing a really good job bringing financial literacy to a lot of our millennials and a lot of our graduating seniors from college and so many people who are just trying to figure out the beginning steps of what does it mean to be financial literate. So I'm so excited to have her on. and. Feel free to subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify because this is definitely a conversation that we're going to have for the rest of the season around financial literacy and the importance of it. So without further ado, everyone, please welcome Gina Judge. Okay, so good afternoon, everyone. I am so excited to have this special guest because as some of you may know, I am very passionate about financial literacy. And we have a very special guest. Her name is Gina Judge. And Gina, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Um, So can you just give us a background and tell us who you are? Yeah, so my name is Gina. Um, I've worked in the finance industry for about five years. Currently, I work as a lending specialist. So in my day-to-day, I provide my clients with high-level credit advice. I underwrite mortgage, loan, and line of credit applications. And recently, I also started a podcast that's all about financial literacy and a blog as well. And so can you just tell us the moment that you realized that you really wanted to give back and just teach more about financial literacy? I would say that just speaking from my own personal experiences, when I first turned 19, I got a credit card. I made some really poor decisions when it came to managing my money. So from a personal perspective, I knew that there were a lot of people my age and other millennials that were in a similar position. And then once I started my career in finance, I quickly realized that regardless of a person's like background, their age, their race or gender, it's we're all on the same page when it comes to finances. So I figured why not use my social media platform as a way of spreading awareness on why you should make better decisions when it comes to your money and how to make those better money management decisions. And so in your experience, what are some very popular trends that you've seen as far as people making mistakes with money? Okay, that's a good question. I would say living beyond their means. So regardless of how much money you make, you could be making a six-figure salary, you could be earning minimum wage, people just spend way more than they make. So that's a big one. And that leads to credit card debt, which is huge. Um, And just in generally speaking, I see that a lot of people are living beyond their means and they're not able to keep up with their basic expenses. And can you identify a moment for you where you feel you actually established that great flow with your money and that you found that rhythm with your own money savings and finances? Yeah. I would say for 
me, it was once I started working um, in the banking industry, I learned how to create a budget. And once I created a budget, I was actually able to put a plan in place to pay down my own credit card debt. And the minute I became debt free, I swear to God, I was able to sleep better at night. I just was more, I had more peace of mind. And I think that was like the aha moment for me where I was like, okay, if I felt this way, I wonder how many others are, you know, losing sleep at night because they can't keep up with their expenses and they're in debt. And did you find that a lot of people around your age, a lot of your friends were experiencing the same kind of debt? I would say so. I think that when it comes to debt, honestly, it's not something that people talk about. Like we're probably more open to talking about our guilty pleasures, like listening to Sean Paul, as opposed to talking about the fact that we're in debt. So it's really important to me that we start having those healthy conversations because 50% of people that have a credit card carry credit card debt. And on average, for example, um, in Canada, the average credit card balance is $8,000. So I think that there are a lot of people in the same position that I was once in, but we just don't talk about it. That's so interesting. Why do you think we don't talk about debt? It's there's like a level of shame, I guess, when it comes to it. Um, We're not taught it in school. So because there's just been a lack of conversation when it comes to money growing up, like even when you think of a household, for example, did your parents ever talk to you about their budgets? Did they talk to you about, you know, how much money they were making, what their expenses were like? I I highly doubt that they did. So Mm -hmm. I think it really starts with um, thinking about how money was talked about in your childhood and just realizing that, you know, if you didn't learn it in school, you're not talking about talking about it with your friends and family. Well, who are you going to have that conversation with, right? Yeah, and that's that's so interesting that you brought that up because I found that I had to change my own perspective about debt or change my own relationship that I perceived with money. Um, did did you have to do the same thing as well? Did you find that in your experience? I, I do. I think that a lot of us have money roadblocks and that's something that I talk about in the first episode with my podcast is just really thinking about where your roadblocks stem from. So for me, I was raised by a single mom. I didn't have luxuries growing up. So once I got a job and I started earning income, I found that I would just blow my paycheck and like in the back of my head, it was because, oh, I didn't have these luxuries growing up. Now I have the opportunity to like splurge and, you know, buy the things that I always wanted. So it's really important for you to understand where your roadblocks come from. Um, Another thing that, or a common theme that I see is um, millennials typically receive like an allowance or something when they were growing up. So the minute you stop getting that allowance and you turn 19 and you have a credit card, you know, do your spending habits correlate? So thinking long and hard about where your roadblocks are stemming from is definitely key. Absolutely. Um, What's one of your biggest tips for getting out of debt? When it comes to getting out of debt, you need to have a budget. So I think that this is something that's easily overlooked. Um, But the biggest thing with a budget is doing a cash flow analysis. So simply looking at how much money you have coming in and how much money is going out every month is key. Secondly, actually look at your credit card statements. I find that because we're so ashamed of the fact that we're in debt, we'll just make like a small minimum payment towards our credit card. But what I always recommend is before you make a budget, print out three months of credit card and bank account statements and really assess where you're spending your money it's a huge eye-opener how was how was quarantine life going for you quarantine life for me is not going the greatest (laughs) i've been working from home for six months and i'm i'm a very extroverted person i need like human connection i need to see people so for me i'm not enjoying it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I think that's i think that's a lot of us yeah Um, and it's it's definitely a learning process but I feel um, like 
the introverts are definitely thriving right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we've been doing this all along. Wait, you gotta right? catch up. <laughs> um, so why is why do you think budgeting is so important? I think budgeting is important because regardless of what your goals are when it comes to your finances, whether it's getting out of debt, whether it's saving for a down payment, or even if you're looking to invest, at the very minimum, you need to understand how much money you're making and how much you're spending. Because based on the number that you have, like at the end of your spreadsheet, for example, if you plugged in your income and your monthly expenses, it'll spit out a number and you'll either have a surplus or you'll have a deficit. So if you have a surplus, you can kind of um, gauge where you want to put that additional money, whether it's paying off debt or if you're looking to grow your savings or invest. Hmm. Um, with the employment rate increasing so much and so many people losing jobs during the pandemic, what are some financial strategies that you may have to still budget properly? Yeah, so really take a look at your fixed and variable expenses. So fixed expenses are expenses that don't change, like your mortgage or rent, um, you know, your car payment or insurance. So the biggest thing that you want to look at is your variable expenses, because these are areas where you can cut back. So this is like eating out or dining out, um, entertainment. This could be, you know, shopping, you know, purchasing clothes. So look at those variable expenses and cut back there first. And then secondly, there's, you know, a lot of apps online that you can download these days where you can get like coupons, um, you know, take a look at what sh stores are offering discounts. Um, just be frugal, I guess that's what I would say. And obviously um, with people struggling, to in terms of they're not earning any income or maybe they're unemployed do your best to try to find a job um, utilize your skill set keep looking and eventually you will find something and i'd say something is better than nothing okay um so the student loan debt is a trillion dollar industry mm -hmm. and more and more students have graduated with massive amounts of debt what are some strategies every graduate should know well, first and foremost, when it comes to student debt, um, this is a conversation that I have a lot with my clients is as a lender, I do not look at student debt as bad debt. First and foremost, you went to school to get an education and that was with the goal of getting a higher paid job. So don't look at it as bad debt. But when it comes to making your payments, just ensure that you're making your minimum payments on time um, because it will affect your credit if you fall behind on your payments. And then secondly, if you can't immediately find a job in the field that you studied for, what I would recommend is still looking for a job. I do find that a lot of students, if they can't get a job in the field that they graduated in, they don't work at all. So one, find a job. Secondly, maybe you are trying to apply for a job in the field that you studied for, but you're getting turned down. Um, if you could start at like an entry level position with an organization, that's great too, because down the road, an opportunity could present itself and most organizations tend to promote from within. So that's another piece of advice that I would give you. Okay. And in your, in your experience, what have you noticed a lot with students who are graduating with so, so much debt? Have you, have, have you noticed like their frustrations or... Yeah, when I do loans, whether it be for like a vehicle loan or um, if I pull someone's credit, I do see that with student loans, people tend to fall behind on their payments. And what they don't realize is that student loans, whether they're um, 
like federal loans or private loans, they do report to your credit bureau. So that's why it's so imperative that you make your payments on time because um, it's going to affect your credit if you fall behind and you're delinquent. And this could impact your ability to get loans in the future or the interest rate could be a lot higher. Tips for building credit. Tips for building credit. So always, always make your payments on time. Um, generally speaking, you don't want to go over 80% of the utilization that you use with your credit card. So for example, um, if you have a credit card with a limit of $1,000, you never want to carry a balance over 800. So this actually reports in a derogatory manner and it's something that a lot of people don't know. It's almost just as bad as missing a payment. So make your payments on time. Um, don't go over more than 80% of the limit. And another um, thing that people don't actually know is when it comes to your credit cards, length of time established is huge. So if you're ever in a position where you're trying to close out a credit card, I would actually recommend keeping the credit card open that you first bought and maybe closing one that you just recently bought, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so books you're reading now. Um, I'm not, honestly, I wish I read more, but I am reading a book called Unfuck Yourself by Gary Bishop. Um, and with that book, I think that it's, um, when I read, I like to read like self-development books. So yeah, I feel like yeah. with this book, it definitely helps you get out of like a negative headspace and it really helps you prioritize. Um, and it's just like a really good motivational read. I'll probably read a couple of chapters before going to bed. Yeah. yeah. I, he, he also wrote another book as well. Um, Really. I've, I've, I've seen I've seen that book. I've seen the book yeah. around. <laughs> I have to check it out. Um, what's one thing that you would tell yourself five years ago? Um, just to be patient with myself. I found that I was very anxious, like in my early twenties, and I was so hard on myself in terms of thinking about like the decisions that I was making, and I thought a lot about the future. Like I'm very future forward. Um, but if I could go back in time, I would probably just tell myself to be more patient and. Just be there, like be here now and enjoy the moment. Mm -hmm. What is your vision for the world? My vision for the world. Um, okay, I guess from a like finance perspective and my purpose, like my purpose is to draw out of others the best version of themselves. So um, like five or 10 years from now, it'd be really nice if financial literacy was built into the school systems, like starting from elementary up until high school and post-secondary. That I think would be great because um, I think that when you're set up for success financially, you can achieve like any goal or dream that you set for yourself. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, and do you have any other tips or any other strategies that you want to share with the audience? Um, when it comes to managing your money, if I can like, if you can take one thing out of this conversation is that it's so important to have a budget and um to really sit down with an advisor like i said we don't talk about our money but obviously all this bank somewhere i would highly recommend that you visit your financial institution book an appointment and sit down with someone and just talk to them about your goals and when it's a matter of you talking about your goals it doesn't have to tie back to your finances but what you will realize is that money gives you choices and it'll help you achieve like any goals that you set in your life hmm. and uh, one more question. Do you have any tips or strategies for anyone who is just now maybe looking to buy a house or they want to start along that path? Yes. So tying it back to what I just said, sit, book an appointment with an advisor, get a pre-approval done and really think about where you want to live. So 
if five to 10 years from now, you want to purchase a place, take a look at how much you would foresee yourself spending and then try to save 20% of that. Cause in most cases you need 20% saved as a down payment. And then from there, you can put a plan in place to actually save X amount per month and also look at investment strategies. So um, saving is one thing, but building your money and growing your money is so key and you want to make your money work harder for you. And last question, where can we find you on social media? How can we find out more of what you're doing and support? You can find me on Instagram. So my name is Gina Judge um, with an extra E on Instagram. And you can also find me on any major podcast platform. So it's the Millennial Money Guide. I also have a website. It's called the millennialmoneyguide.ca. And you can cl click the connect button to pretty much connect with me. So we thank you so much for coming on today. Okay. Thank, thank you. you, Gina.